Good morning, church. Coming to you on a Sunday. I know usually we do new messages on Monday, um, but there's purpose and meaning behind today. and It's a special day. I'm excited to give this word. I pray you're excited to receive it. Um, it's not going to be easy to hear. It's going to be up front. But as some of you know, for the past several months, um, there's been a, a meeting of pastors all over our city and here in Lubbock. And I've had the privilege of joining these uh, men and women of all of discussing, you know, the social injustice, the racism going on, but also just the division in, in our communities, even within the body of believers. And we have been discussing, you know, how do we uh, bring unity and, and live in harmony and not only bring education and, and bring awareness, but actually bring change. And so. We've been meeting for the past several months about this and, and taking steps of action, um, not only personally, but as uh, a body believers, but also for our churches and then just in United as one. And so one of the things we felt we should do uh, to express unity uh, across the board um, was today. We're all going to be preaching uh, on, the, on the same word about the same topic, singing the same song on the same Sunday, just has a, a, a sign of unity. Um, because this is not only just churches from all denominations, but man, we're all walks of life, okay? We're part of the one, fam one family and one body. And so today we are meeting doing that, and today's message is called, Who is Your Neighbor? Who is Your Neighbor? We're going to be reading in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. But before we jump into that, man, I want to pray because I really want everyone to receive it. Like I said, it's not going to be easy, but it's so necessary, especially in the times that we live in. Um, man, not only do we we hear the truth, uh, but we apply it to our lives. And so I pray you're ready because I'm ready. Let me pray. Uh, man, Father, I'm just, I just know what your heart is for us. And sometimes we could lose sight of that. So Father, just pour out your heart on us today. Allow us to be one accord with you, to align ourselves with you. And I pray if there's some things within ourselves or within our surroundings that maybe we're missing, Father, that you would um, open up our hearts and our eyes and our ears to hear it, see it, and just, man, to renew our thoughts, to renew our actions so we could represent you in the, in the way uh, that is right in a way that speaks love, in a way that speaks truth, in a world that is so, so in need of it, Lord. So, Father, I just pray that everybody watching today and everybody joining us would hear you clearly, speak to them, would feel you reach out and touch them, and that we would be who you designed us and called us to be. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, who's your neighbor? It's today's message, Luke chapter 10. Let's go. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you'll live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, 
And who's my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassionate for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and banished them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two several coins. Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Who's your neighbor? Mm. First off, check this out. There will always be people who test you. It's going to happen. There will always be people who test you. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, it doesn't matter what your title is, your position, the authority that you have. People are always going to come out of nowhere. And they're going to be in conflict where there was none. That's the facts. Jesus told his disciples in, in, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said, look, man, they persecute me. They hate me. You're for my followers. They're going to do the same to you. Don't be surprised by it. Check out uh, verse 25. One day, an expert leader in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Of all the people to stand up and test Jesus, to come against Jesus, it was an expert of religious law. See how crazy that sounds? He knows better, and he should know who he's talking to. But still, an expert of religious law was the one that stood up against him. I know oftentimes we know the loudest person in the room that's coming against us usually don't know what they're talking about, right? They're just all talking. We're just like, man, this, this, is, this is dumb. But church, hear me when I say this. There's going to be time that the people that come against you are educated. They do know what they're talking about. They're still going to come against you with their own agenda, even when it's wrong. But don't be surprised by it. Uh, know that it will happen. But check this out. We have a way that we could respond to this. See what Jesus says. Verse 26 and 28, Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you'll live. So we see Jesus was able to discern his motives. He knew that he was up to no good. And what did he do? He didn't just sit there and continue to argue and fight with them and bicker with them. He had him simply answer his question. Then he validated the answer without going deeper. Sometimes you need to ask for discernment and know when to drop it and let it go. Church, don't waste your time arguing with people who have motives that are not good. 
Nothing good can come from that. This year, there's been tons of examples of, man, just things being highlighted, right? The election, police brutality, uh, the protests, all these different things. And we as believers, uh, like I wanted you to know, it, it, we do need to be speaking up for righteousness and for justice. And we should be speaking up on some of these issues. But check this out. Too many people have instead of asking for discernment and knowing who they're talking to, they sit there and they continue to argue until they're blue in the face. And then they get bitter. Then they get angry. And then they're ready to fight. All right? You see it. You see it all, all on the media, uh, on social media. You see it. It's not worth it. We have to have this discernment like Jesus did and understand, okay, this person's motives are not good. There's no reason for me to go in and continue to argue and bicker with this person. I need to keep it short and keep it moving. Because as long as you keep on, they're willing to keep on with you, right? Verse 29, it said, then the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He wanted to justify his actions. So it wasn't enough with Jesus responding. He kept going at him. People are going to be like that. You're trying to walk away. They're not going to want to let you walk away. They want you to continue to fight and argue with them. Don't do it. I love what this says. Uh, Paul wrote to, to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says this in, in 23 and 24. Again, I say, do not get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Church, you're a servant of the Lord. I'm a servant of the Lord. What do we need to do? Not get involved in foolishness, ignorant arguments, because what? It only starts fights. Nothing good could come from it. So what do we got to do? We're called to be kind to everyone. We're called to try to teach if possible. Not always possible, but try to if it's possible. And we're called to be patient. What kind of people? Difficult people. That's what we're called to do. Because the truth is, when we do the opposite, when we're sitting there arguing and being like them, that's what that, that's what's happening. We become the person uh, just like them that is opposing, that is, is become in the wrong. And you're better than that. You're called to be better than that. So let's be better than that. So who is your neighbor? That is a question. I think when we get asked that, we look around and we're like, oh, you know what? I got this person that lives next to me and I know this person and this person. Like our view of our neighbors, if we're honest, if we're honest, it's short-sighted and it's incomplete. Because technically, yes, you know, people living around you, those are your neighbors and and. But we need to understand that our view is not the same view as God's. Jesus said this in verse 30. Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him dead beside the road. I don't think any of us would have responded like, that's my neighbor. Be honest, you wouldn't have. When you're thinking of your neighbor, that's not what comes to your mind. But it's important that we pay attention to it because, like I said, if the answer is left up to us, 
We're often going to be nearsighted and it's going to be incomplete. So we have to learn to go beyond our view so we can gain the perspective of God. So we can truly see who is our neighbor. Amen. This is what it says in 1 John. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he sees, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So we already read, right? What was the most important commandment when he first, Jesus first tell him, well, what do you think? That man said, hey, man, I need to love God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength. And secondly, just as important, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because here's the truth, church. Buckle up. Listen to this. If we try to pick and choose who we claim to be our neighbors, who we choose, hey, that's my neighbor, that's my neighbor, and we're leaving people out, then I hate to tell you the truth, but you need to hear it, that we're actually showing that we don't love everybody the way that we're called to. And we actually don't love God the way that we say or we claim we do. Because he said, right? If you claim you love God, but you don't love your brother, you're a liar. So that's the truth. So if you get up in arms because of Black Lives Matter, a Blue Lives Matter, uh, you know, the LQTBG, I can't, I can't even think how, what the, how the initials go, but that, uh, immigrants, all these different things. It doesn't matter. If you're trying to pick and choose your neighbors and you don't show grace, you don't show love, you don't show kindness to all of them, whether you agree with them or not, then what you're doing or you're demonstrating how much you really love your neighbor and how much you really love God. That's a hard pill to swallow, but it needs to be said. Okay? You have to hear it. You might be like, man, but they're doing bad things. They're sinning and they're doing all this. I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm not saying that you are having to agree with their lifestyle or the choices that they make. But what do we read? I said you must. So it's not optional. You can't negotiate about this. You must love them. You must. That's not saying you endorse their lifestyle or you agree with their choices, okay? But you are endorsing God and demonstrating that by your love for others. And you're showing your love for him. Church, we're all called to love everyone. Everyone. Doesn't mean you agree with their lifestyle. You're not endorsing it. But check this out. It's okay to hate sin. We should hate sin. But don't hate people because of the sin that they're in. Hear me, church? Don't do it. Everyone is your man, is your neighbor, no matter how they look, no matter how they speak, no matter where they came from, no matter how they live, no matter their lifestyle. You are called, I am called, to love them displaying our love for God. Amen? So this is the true question. What kind of neighbor are you? Jesus gave three examples of neighbors. Okay? The first one, verse 31 by chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. That's cold-blooded. That's cold-blooded because he's a priest. So not only does he represent God, people know that he represents God. 
This man had to have a relationship with God for many years. He should have a strong foundation of faith that he's built his life on. But what do we see? It's not enough that he just ignores this man that he sees, but he goes out of his way to avoid him. Goes out of his way. So if you follow Jesus and you've been a believer for years, this ain't nothing new to you. You display it to the world. Everybody knows you're unashamed. They're like, man, he represents Jesus. Yeah. But you don't go out of your way to be the hands and feet of Jesus because it inconveniences you. Man, you better repent right now. I pray that conviction from the Holy Spirit of you being in the wrong would be the only punishment and correction you receive in this moment right now before it is something more severe. Because that is not right, church. That is not right. You should know better. This is an expert of religious law. He should know better. So should you. Next, Jesus said, verse 32, a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. No excuse is a good excuse. Okay? A temple assistant. So, man, this isn't the same man as far as regard or even in stature. I mean, for all we know, this could have been a baby Christian, right? A BG. Barely starting off in their faith and working these things out. But still the same truth applies. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how many years, for how long. <laughs> you can't let uh, you know, maturing on the Lord be a crutch that you lean on to use to ignore people. Or, you know what, I saw this pastor and I saw them do this. So it's okay if I do the same when the word of God says, no, you're not supposed to do that. No excuse is a good excuse. God didn't ignore you and he doesn't ignore you. So you should do what you're supposed to do. Check out the third example. Then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassionate for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and banished him. He then put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. So you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be, you know, somebody that everybody knows does all things. Be compassionate. Be loving. We are all called to do it. So if you see a need, don't ignore it. Go over. See how you can help. The Samaritan helped. What did he do? He banished the wounds. He went out of his way, put him on a donkey, went and got him a room to pay for him to be took care of. So he went out of his way to take care of this man, and he probably not only uh, exceeded expectations, but he went above what he was asked. I know that you may not have unlimited resources, right? I mean, I don't have unlimited resources. But that shouldn't stop us from acknowledging our neighbors, from seeing how we could help our neighbors, from loving our neighbors, from being compassionate, being considerate to our neighbors. I mean, at most, it's going to cost us time. But we receive and return is something that can't be bought. Amen? Check out what Jesus said in verse 36. and He says, Now which of these would you say is your neighbor to the man who asked about who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. Church, he's telling us that today. He's saying, Look, man, you understand what, what's, what's, what it is. People are going to come against you. 
Educate or not, it's going to happen. But you need to understand everyone is your neighbor. And you need to understand what kind of neighbor that you are. And now that you understand these things, I don't care how long you've been a believer. I don't care if you barely starting off today. Now go and do the same. Whew. My challenge, not only for this week, but for the rest of our lives, as long as we got air in our lungs, my challenge for us is to be the Good Samaritan. Don't just say that you love God and you love people, but your actions don't match up with it. Remember, you're going to be a liar if that's what you're doing. If you're being like that priest or the temple sister, you see it, you're like, ah, I'm going to look the other way. Nope, don't do it, church. People come against you. It's going to be part of it. Ask for discernment. Man, God, help me with this. Remember, you're going to be tested. If you need to keep it short, you need to keep it moving, do what you need to do. If you need to walk away, walk away. It's going to happen. Get to know your neighbors. Get to know your neighbors. Look past your view so you can see God's view. Amen. Remember, everyone was made in God's image. Even if their lifestyle and their choices don't reflect that, man, that person is still important to him. And he should be important to us. He or she. Right? And remember this. You don't have to approve with their lifestyle. You can still be kind. You can still be compassionate. You can still be considerate. You can still be loving to your neighbor. Be a good Samaritan church. Go out of your way to see people, to help with what you can, and to do more than what you're asked. Remember, we're the salt of the earth, so that means we're supposed to bring some flavor to this thing. And when we do that, man, I, I know this, okay? Not only is God going to move in powerful ways, which is going to be glorified in powerful ways that bring healing, that bring unity, that bring renewing of our minds and our hearts. And church, we need it right now, Lord. We need it. And so let me just pray for us. And I pray you receive this today. I pray it made sense to you. I pray that God brought a revelation to you and that you will respond in a way that is loving, that demonstrates your love for God and your love for your neighbor. Let me pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that things that are challenging within ourselves, Father, you identify um, so you can help us walk through it, Lord. Uh, you call us to love you with all that we have and to learn to love other people in the same regard. No matter how they choose to live their life, Lord, it shouldn't affect the way that we love them. And so, Father, I just pray that we would love our neighbors well, that we would be able to see past our own sights of who we think is our neighbor or or who we view as our neighbor, and we'll have your sight so we can see that everyone is important to you and they should be important to us as well. And that we would be the Good Samaritans, Lord. We would be those neighbors that not only acknowledges the people, but goes out of our way to help them in a way, oh man, that we can so you can be glorified, so they can see your love. They never experienced it before, so you can bring harmony and peace to this world. Father, we need your help with this, Lord, because you know how weak our flesh is. Uh, but Father, you said that in your power, all things are capable beyond ourselves, beyond measure. And so we ask for your help to do a work within us um, so we can see you do a work around us. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, 
Go out and be the good Samaritans. Know who your neighbors are. Don't be, um, man, overwhelmed by the tests and challenges you face. God is with you. God is for you. God loves you. And he'll help you. Y'all have a blessed Sunday. God bless.